a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, it's been a historic day here today, not only here in Utah, uh, but across this nation. And I'd go even further to say uh, across the world. As goes America, so goes the world. And I don't mean to you know, be arrogant in saying that or overly nationalistic or anything like that, but uh, it, is, it is the truth that we as uh, Americans, specifically as a, an American nation, a republic, we are leaders throughout the world. And today we did something that uh, has evaded many countries around the world. We have peacefully uh, transferred power from one administration to the next, from one president to the next. Set your politics aside. That is miraculous. Right now, as the events continue to play out in Washington, D.C., where it is 336 Eastern, uh, 136 here, Mountain, the uh, the now president of the United States, uh, Joe Biden, alongside the uh, newly minted first lady, uh, Dr. Jill Biden, uh, they are driving in the beast, if they still call it that. I know that's what they've called it in the past. The beast, uh, that armored Cadillac limousine, is driving from Arlington Cemetery uh, to the White House, where uh, he will be for the first time as president. One thing I'd point out, really just a personal thing, uh, to get from Arlington uh, National Cemetery to the White House, you have to cross over the Arlington Bridge. And as I was watching the uh, aerial footage of the motorcade making its way across the the bridge, that bridge in particular, the Arlington Bridge, which uh, it connects Virginia uh, with Washington, D.C., I, uh, I couldn't help but get choked up a little bit. It's the first time I have seen that bridge since uh, just a few days after my own uh, little daughter, Piper, was born. She was born in uh, George Washington University Hospital, and we, living in Virginia at the time, had to drive over that bridge to get her home. And so, anyway, a little bit of a personal <laughs> note that I shared with you there. Uh, thanks for bearing with me. Uh, right now, to continue this conversation, the one that uh, really is exemplified in the theme of the goings-on in Washington, D.C., unity, coming together, uh, looking instead of backward but rather forward at how, you know, despite differences, despite great policy differences and fundamental ideological differences uh, and disagreements, how do, we, how do we go forward? How do we get on this uh, civility train, the one I'm riding right now? Uh, to, to continue this conversation, I uh, welcome to the program the chair of the Utah Democratic Party, Jeff Merchant. Jeff, sir, welcome to the program, and how are you? I'm great. How are you, Lee? Not too bad. You're probably in a good mood today. Uh, t- tell me your feelings. Yeah, you know, I I am certainly in a good in in a good mood. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, obviously there are a lot of things to celebrate, but uh, I also feel a a deep sense of relief and um, that everything went off well and um, and that we have a new president. 
Yeah. Uh, what uh, what's the message to let's start with Democrats and then let's open it up for for all those who may be listening. What do you say to what do you say to your fellow Democrats who are listening today? How, how would you advise them to comport themselves on this victorious day? One that, though, is marked with this call for uh, civility and togetherness and we're all Americans and forget party for a time. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that there is something to be said about, you know, the actual words that the president spoke today about unity, about bringing people together, and about being uh, really uh, one nation under God, right? I mean, uh, e pluribus unum is is not just uh, something that we throw around. It's a, it's a real idea and a real concept and one that, um, you know, we've had since our our constitution. And I think that, look, uh, (laughs) there's always one party that's going to be happier on inauguration day than another party, right? And uh, certainly this time Democrats um, have won. But I think that over over the last couple of weeks, um, some of what we've seen has, has brought both Republicans and Democrats to the conclusion that this is probably not a bad thing. You know, for everyone, I think that um, I know that there are people that are that are concerned and that are worried. But uh, I think that we saw some real symbolism. I I thought that it was very interesting that the first female vice president of the United States uh, came out wearing purple. Uh, You know, she wasn't wearing she wasn't wearing blue. She was wearing purple. And I think that there was a deeper message there than um, than may than than some may have thought. Will will the you know the wearing of purple and the symbolism contained within will the calls for unity will the calls for you know setting aside uh, you know those differences and understanding that we are all on the same team despite uh, you know disagreements when it comes to you know policy and the debate that naturally stems from that is this a honeymoon period uh, type of deal or is this something you think that can last? Well, I certainly hope that it can last, but, you know, that's going to mean that uh, both Republicans and Democrats together work to make that happen. You know, I mean, regardless of what anybody may say, uh, this still is a country divided. And um, uh, you can see that no clearer than in the United States Senate, where we have 50 Republicans and we have 50 Democrats and uh, a very small House Uh, majority by the Democrats. And and I think that what the American people are saying is, let's try and work together. You know, let's try and find solutions together. And so, you know, look, as the chair of the Democratic Party here in Utah, am I excited that Democrats are going to be, you know, leading in Congress and leading in the White House? Yes. But I also feel like um, this is there is no better time situated for the man that was sworn in today. Joe Biden has shown time and time again that he's a pragmatist, that he is not um, a a far left progressive, but someone who's willing to get work done if it's in the best interest of the in the best interest of the country. And my hope is, is that uh, Republicans, uh, those people that frankly are right of Republicans and people uh, that are very progressive in the Democratic Party will will give Joe Biden a chance to show what he's made of. Sure. We're speaking with Utah Democratic Party Chair Jeff Merchant on the occasion, of course, 
of Inauguration Day here in America, the inauguration of the 46th president of the United States, Joe Biden. Uh, Jeff, you mentioned kind of the breakdown of, uh, you know, who controls which chamber and body and branch of government. Uh, The Democrats, albeit a narrow majority, they uh, enjoy control of the House of Representatives. Uh, I believe that uh, Vice President Harris will be swearing in uh, three Democratic senators today, bringing the the true breakdown of Senate uh, uh, makeup to 50-50 with herself, Vice President Harris, having the tie-breaking vote. Uh, and then, of course, Joe Biden, Democrat in the White House. Those are the uh, the three uh, the three big ones. And it's Democrats in control, uh, you know, accepting the power of the minority to exercise the filibuster. What's the incentive What's the incentive on the part of Democrats to continue these calls for unity when they control, uh, you know, two chambers in the in Congress and the White House? Well, I think that, uh, for one, uh, particularly in the United States Senate, um, you know, just because Democrats will be controlling the agenda does not mean that they'll be able to pass uh, legislation without really you know, having to work with Republicans, as we've seen for the last several years with the Republicans uh, leading the Senate. um, Unless people are willing to compromise and work together in that body, things just don't happen. Right. And uh, we're we're at a point as as a country, whether we're talking about covid, whether we're talking about uh, the economy, whether we're talking about uh, many, many issues internationally that we have got to start focusing on and starting to Um, you know, exercise leadership on. I mean, as you just said, as goes America, so goes the world. And uh, we have work that has to be done. And we can't sit around um, not working together anymore. And and as I was saying, I think that part of what this election was about was saying we need to work together. We've got to find ways to work together. And I would be willing to bet that a good 80 percent of Americans would be happy with that, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. And um, we cannot continue to focus on what I call the tyranny of the loud, which are these small minority forces that um, talk really, really loudly and uh, distract us from the real issues that we need to be focused on. Very good. Well, let that be the last word. Jeff Merchant, chair of the Utah Democratic Party. Sir, thank you for your time and uh, congratulations on your victory. Yeah, thanks a lot. Have a great day, Lee. You do the same. Uh, Quick break. When we return, we're going to shift gears pretty dramatically. Uh, Just before the program started, I was handed... An email drafted by the interim executive director of the Utah Department of Health seems to indicate that the Department of Health going forward will look dramatically different. What does that mean? And is it wise to shake things up in the midst of a pandemic? We'll speak with a representative from the Department of Health as to what exactly is the future of this important agency right now. That's next on Life Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? 
in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.